are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Rachel. Coming at you with episode 67 on Dr. Death, or this otherwise known as son of a bitch Christopher Dunch. Mm-hmm. What a piece of poop. Yeah, Straight he's not up. a great guy. Straight up. So before we get into this, these shenanigans that this guy is doing, let's talk about some business. Uh, so Jordo has released episode two on his new podcast that he's doing retro waved. And this week it was uh, John Carpenter. So all the Halloweens and all that crazy stuff. He's got some cool uh, graphic art on his Instagram and you can listen to this on Spotify. I think he's trying to get it on Apple, but sometimes it takes a while for, yeah, I think it takes a couple days after he sends it in for them to approve it right now. Yeah. But. Since it's a new one, uh, they want to make sure he's not doing crazy stuff. So, right. so go listen to him and give him some lovin's. Um, we hit 40,000 downloads. Crazy. Damn. That is yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That is. that is a lot. So that's really exciting because that means 40,000 people have listened. Like that just blows my, I'm just my, I'm blown away. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So Who thank you. Who would have thunk it? Uh, mm-hmm. so thank you all for listening and, um, and continuing to listen. So make sure you like, share, and subscribe so we can get to maybe like 50. 50 sounds like a good like that's, goal. That's good. <laughs> or we could just like skip those and go straight to 100. That's adventurous. Let's shoot for 50 first. <laughs> 50. You know I'm not very good at math. So the natural progression to me is 100. Straight to 100 <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> skip all the in-betweens. Yes. Um, so we have some stickers that we're going to, um, we're selling now on Instagram. I created a button at the top that shows you the picture of the two that you can choose from. Uh, one is just our OG logo. And then one is true crime till I die, which that's like my favorite. I don't know why I love it so much. I just do. I like the OG logo best. And and a lot of people are cool too. Yeah. A lot of people are are sticking with our tried and true. And yeah. that's cool. That's cool too. I Good love that design. too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so we ordered those and they are going to be coming in probably within the next week. You will get a personalized thank you note from Rochelle or myself. And uh we will be sending those out right now. We're trying to still figure out our store situation. So right now we're just doing um, Venmo, which we can like request the money, but but the $3 for a sticker, a thank you note, and it to be shipped out. So no tax, no nothing. $3, you get a sticker and some cool stuff. Sweet, sweet sticker. Yeah, it is. Thank you note. That's lovely. And it's handwritten. It's not like one of these typed. There's a lot of love in this. It's it's time consuming, but we are here for you, folks. Right. We want to say thank you. We do. So uh, so that's cool. And we were we're still trying to work out the kinks of our website. Eventually, we will have like we used to shirts and all that 
good stuff. But right now we're going to start with stickers and then progressively kind of move up the, the chain. Um, if all of our patrons, you get a free sticker. So I posted on the Patreon. Let me know if you want A, which is the OG, or B, which is True Crime Till I Die. Maybe that's backwards. Look at my post. Um, yeah, it says on there. <laughs> yeah, it says on there. But let me know which one you want, and you get one for free. If you decide that you want to be a patron, and even if you join the $2 tier, which is a dollar cheaper. I mean, $1 cheaper than Come the sticker on. alone. Yes. I love a good deal. And that, my friends, that's a great deal. That's a good deal, right there. All those episodes. Yeah, we have what, uh, 46, I want to say, Patreon episodes on there. You get all of them uh, right away. And then you also, um, if you get the $5 tier, you get our episode a week early, especially whenever we do two parters. That's really nice because we're not leaving you on a cliffhanger. You can just go listen to it. Yep. And it, you won't lose sleep at night. Like I know you do. Yeah, you're just wondering, oh, I mean, who's Hitler? What does he do next? Exactly. You what is know this man? You, you don't know. $5 Patreon tier. <laughs> but if you if you join Patreon, that, that's all at your fingertips, you know? Yeah. Um, Patreon. So like we said, $2 and a $5 tier. If you join, you're getting a sticker for free for your patron. Patronage. Yeah. That's right. Why don't you talk about our Discord and the new stuff we got on there? Okay, so with the Discord, we are trying to be more active. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't have a Discord account until probably like, I don't know what, four months ago, whenever you guys started a Discord for Mystery History Podcast. That's the only thing I was following. So I am leaning heavily on a friend at work, shout out to Brock, on explaining to me all the ins and outs of discord and there's a lot of things available to us that we haven't been taking advantage of so with discord we added a new channel um, for episode suggestions which is always really helpful there's a backstock of ideas that we have but you know it's fun to hear what you guys want to listen to and um, you know there's suggestions that we don't think about so please, please get on there and make a suggestion. Yep. And then too, we're trying to chat more with everyone and stay up on that. So that's fun too. Yes, it is. And in the, the channel for the episodes is nice too, because it's kind of like a catalog of, yeah. you know, of things because we have, we use Evernote for our notes and we have a list of things. Um, but you know, you might want to hear something funky that we don't know about and we want to know about it too. Yeah, there's lots of stuff we don't know about. So it, enlighten us, please. It's a wide range of things that yeah. we don't know. Maybe that's what we should have called the podcast. Stuff we, know. oh yeah, that's already one. Mm. Ah, take they, they took, they, that's a good one. Go listen to them too. They're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to also take a moment to apologize for any sound situations that are going on in my house. Uh, my niece is spending the weekend and everybody is really excited about it, including the dogs. My cat is in here meowing now. I mean, it's a bad house over here tonight. <laughs> so try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter is home and she's awake. Yeah, so there's mom no telling. Life, man. And yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what we should have done. Mystery history moms. There we go. <laughs> hey, maybe it's a new sticker. Here. I like that. I do too. We could make, make it real funky. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. Well, you got anything right. else to add business wise? No, I don't think so. Let's, let's start talking about this dude. What a douche. Yeah. Let's see, I'm start on a, there. like, yeah, I know you were watching the TV show. Yeah. So Dr. Death, it was a podcast. Go listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I did watch the show with my boyfriend from the nineties, Joshua Jackson. I don't know if you guys know him. Classic. Very, very attractive still. Good for you, Beautiful. Joshua Jackson. Good for you. A plus. <laughs> and um, so then there also, I was just sitting on my couch, minding my own business. And there is a new peacock on Dr. Death. And this is like the undoctored story, I think is what it's called. So it's the documentary. Yeah. So it's the real people. And I started watching that last night and I think I'm on like episode two. It's a, it's a spirit, like a short docu-series. So it's not a long thing, but um, it's really well done too. So I highly recommend that because this guy, what did, all I got to say Amazing. is it, it really is. And it's terrifying. Oh yeah. It is so, t- because most of the time, whenever, so, so let's back up. Dr. Christopher Dunch is a doctor. News alert. Yeah. He's like a doctor. A, like a legitimate doctor. He's like a spinal I mean, surgeon. I mean, like, yeah, he, yeah, he has a doctorate, but yeah. Where do you get that degree, from? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, it, you know, you're so vulnerable whenever you go to a doctor and nine times out of 10, for me, at least, I'm all about that connection. Like I'm all about the bedside manner. I want you to wow me with your acting like you care about me, yeah, even though you might not feel good. Yeah. I, it's all about that with me for everything. Whenever I'm interviewing anything, it's all about that emotional connection. Are we vibing? Yeah. And, and Yeah. And I'd be vibing with Joshua Jackson. Oh, for sure. And any day. I, I think he does a really good portrayal of what he, what Dr. Dunch did to his victims. Yeah. Like I said, I'm only on the second episode, but so I'm not like into the nitty gritty of what goes on yet on the show, but yeah, I mean, you can tell with the TV show anyways, like he makes people feel comfortable, including their spouses, like yeah. extra mile to make people feel good. So yeah. It's, know. it's a mess. It really is a mess because if it was me, I, cause I have, this is about primarily like back injuries and things like that. And you know, that I have a lot of back issues. Um, mm-hmm. And if somebody tells you I'll make all your pain go away, and I'll fix you. Okay. Fix me. Like, let's Sounds not great. be in pain anymore ever. And then these people would wake up quadriplegic. Yeah. So yeah. we're getting a little ahead, but I'm just, yeah, let's I'm shook. Start from the beginning. Yeah. It's amazing what this guy gets away with. So let's tell the people. Yeah. But just the podcast is Dr. Death and it's um, from Wondery. So be sure to check that out. But yeah, let's you let's start it off, Rachel. Start it off. Okay. So here is the true story of Dr. Death. Christopher Daniel Dunch was born on April 3rd, 1971 in Montana, but spent most of his childhood in Memphis, Tennessee. His father, Donald, was a physical therapist and Christian missionary, and his mother, Susan, was a school teacher, and he had three siblings. 
So like standard, like normal. Like corn, corn fed fella. Yeah. Like has the siblings, father, you know, in the medical industry. Yep. So Dunch graduated from evangelical Christian school in the Cordova suburb of Memphis. And he had big dreams of wanting to play college football. So he attended Millsaps College to play and later earned a division one spot at Colorado University. And many of his teammates said that he trained hard, but he lacked the talent for the game. Yeah. So he always wanted to outdo everybody. So if practice like in the the documentary I'm watching, one of the guys said if there was one practice, he would be at the field three times. Like he was always trying to one up and outdo. And in this particular situation, no matter how hard you train, how much you studied the playbook, he just could not nail down football. It just wasn't his thing. Kind of how athletics are like you can have, you can have the drive and you can be there practicing all the time. But like, for me, like I know myself, I mean, I played soccer and stuff when I was younger, but like, I'm not, I was never particularly fast. I was never particularly aggressive and, you know, I just have not been super impressive with sports and no matter how hard I practice, I'll tell you right now, I wasn't making any money off of it. I'll tell you that. Right. And, <laughs> so, I, and I really think that he thought that that was going to be his life. He was going to be, you know, NFL. Yeah. And there's a there is like a mental disorder where you are, I forget what it's called, but where you're like unaware of what you are good at. Mm -hmm. So, or not good at, but like you think you're good at something when you're not, like you're just very not unself-aware on what your strengths are. And And super overconfident with everything. yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. I'm not diagnosing anybody today, but (laughs) well, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. He wasn't in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, uh, Dunch's football star dream went down the tube and he returned home to attend Memphis State University. He then set his sights on the next big thing, which was medicine and becoming a doctor. So he received his undergraduate degree from the University of Memphis and stayed in town to receive an MD and a PhD from the University of Tennessee Health Center. And he did so well in medical school. He was actually allowed to join a prestigious Alpha Omega Medical Honor Society. The thing about school that I was, let's be honest, I was not great at school. Okay. I wasn't. Because a lot of this stuff, I'm like, when will I ever, I need to have it matter to me. Like, when Mm -hmm. am I going to use this in my everyday life? Right. But but with some people, they're good at memorizing, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good at practice, like, you know, practicing what they preach and being able to perform. Yeah. Like practical use of things. Yeah. 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 So just because somebody received, I mean, and I'm sure that they have, you know, they have to do labs and things like that in practice, but I would be willing to bet that if you are a stellar test taker and can memorize things, that other stuff can kind of be like overlooked, which it did. Yeah. Speaking of, 
He yeah. did his surgical residency at the University of Tennessee in Memphis and participated in fewer than 100 surgeries. Typically, a neurosurgery resident participates in over a thousand surgeries during residency. Yeah. That's a really big difference. Yeah. How does that happen? Like, I, yeah. He probably used that charm to get and- out of. Yeah. And weaseled his way. And, and in the show, they say that, that, you know, he was called to do other things with other programs and pretty much just a clerical type error. And it's like, that's a big freaking error. Like 900 surgeries. (laughs) Like that's a big error. And two, like, I'll tell you right now, if I was like, I'm going to go be a neurosurgeon and I was in my residency and I'm missing 900 surgeries. I'm not going to be like, oh, sweet. Just got out of that shit. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like, excuse me. I need 900 more surgeries for right. practice <laughs> before I'm out here by myself. And so he that, just like slid right through. <laughs> right. Right. And that must be that thing we were talking about being overly self-confident. He didn't feel like he needed them. You know, that's for other people beneath him. Yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. All right. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is it? Okay. In in 2006 to 2007, Megan Kane, who is Dunch's ex-girlfriend, says that around this time he started to unravel. She saw him eat a paper blotter of LSD and he took prescription painkillers on his birthday. She also stated that he kept a pile of cocaine on his dresser in his home office. Not good for a doctor. Not great. Once they partied all night long and in the morning, he actually put on his lab coat and went to work. Like, Uh, no, if if I'm hungover from like alcohol, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to do anything today. Nevertheless, go operate on someone. Yeah. Like I'll go to work hungover, but I'm not saving lives over here. Right. (laughs) So, uh, no, no, No. (laughs) that's not on my list of things to do. So yeah, definitely as a doctor who is performing surgeries, you would really want to be at the top of your game every day. But he already was. Oh yeah. Despite the best all night. And yeah, he's the man. Get a little cocaine mm-hmm. off that dresser in your office and roll out. <laughs> yep, you're ready to go. Yeah, that's not okay at all. So things at work weren't going so well either. Dunch was asked to take a drug test after some strange behavior, and he declined. Which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't really know that was a thing either. Uh, also a dead giveaway that you are doing drugs. Yep. <laughs> They then sent him to an impaired physician program, so he had to complete that before he was allowed to return to his residency. While in Memphis, Dunch was over $500,000 in debt, but began a long-term relationship with Wendy Renee Young, and they had two sons together, Aiden and Preston. In 2010, Dunch moved with Young to Dallas, Texas, And on paper, he looked super qualified, like best person in the world, because while he was working on his PhD, his name appeared in several papers and patents and was a part of a number of startup biotech companies, which means nothing to me. 
I mean, no, not to me either, but I guess if you're looking to hire someone, those things would look impressive. Sure. Um, how does, how do you get your name on that stuff? Probably why he's $500,000 in debt. You probably or just paid was for he it. Just like part of the groups that like the practices that did these things. I don't know. Well, and, and my other question with the biotech companies, is that impressive? Because I'm sure there are a million startup biotech companies and not all of them are successful. So are well, they I guess it successful? Depends. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on if they're still around or not, whether or not it would be impressive, but right. I don't know. Hmm. So he showed he had 15 years of training and his resume was 12 single spaced pages. Nope. That's insane. He also claimed that he had graduated magna cum laude from St. Jude Research Hospital with a doctorate in microbiology, but this program did not exist at the time he allegedly attended it. Not cool. I mean, I got things to say about that. How long does it take you to make your resume? Uh, mine is days. <laughs> my resume is one page. My resume is one page too, but it, and it takes me forever to make that 12 pages. If you'd be I'm back gonna, to like my preschool days, right. pages in. Well, and as a person who hires folks, I'm not looking at your second page. Uh, you know, maybe if you're hiring a surgeon, you would, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not For hiring like, that you're going to pay to cover. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would like to know what a typical PhD doctor's resume looks like. Yeah. Because to me, 12 is astronomical. However, maybe that's the norm. Maybe. Um, Probably not. Nah. But too, with the St. Jude Research Hospital, like that takes some balls to put that on your resume. Like a quick Google search isn't going to like uncover the truth yeah well and they didn't and apparently not (laughs) i'm wondering if that's because they had to sort through 12 other pages of bullshit now 12 pages of stuff to google that would be a lot yeah single space maybe not yeah so maybe they didn't or he just made him so tired they're like he's fine (laughs) yeah he's personable i like him he makes me feel good come on in (laughs) yep and he was a cute guy like from right. from then kind of like, young, like young years he reminds me who's that guy who uh played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer Angel you know yeah David and, Borans yeah yeah him. like that I'm real close that might not be exactly right a younger him is kind of like what he's got going on with the spiky yeah. hair and the full face like wide I see it yeah I see it all right Enough about David Borealis or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> in in the summer of 2011, Dunch was reunite. Uh, I'm sorry, recruited from Memphis to join the minimally invasive Spine Institute in North Dallas. After he arrived in town, he secured a spot at Baylor Regional Medical Center in Plano, and was given surgical rights at the hospital. 
His salary from Baylor was over $600,000 a year plus bonuses, which who knows how much those are. And Baylor is like super elite in the medical industry. Yeah. So like, what were they doing? (laughs) Right. Well, and if he saved one year's salary, he could have paid off his debt. Yeah. Plus have a hundred thousand dollars. One year of your salary though. That'd be hard. I can't even imagine making $600,000. Oh, me either. I'm sure he had no trouble spending it though. Oh, I'm sure. Well, especially with his cocaine habit. (laughs) All the dressers now. Yeah. (laughs) Fully stocked. So he did not make a very good impression on his fellow surgeons at Baylor. Veteran vascular surgeon Randall Kirby said that Dunch's skills in the operating room left much to be desired, and he said he could not wield a scalpel. Which is pretty important. Which would probably be like surgery 101, right? That would be like number one on the list of top 10, I yeah. feel like. Top 10 things you need to be able to do when you do surgeries. Right. Wield a scalpel. Yeah, right. that's not, I mean, that would definitely be a red flag in this relationship. Several of the surgeries that Dunch performed left many of his patients severely maimed. So we've got a handful of them here. So we're going to go through these quickly. Kenneth Fennell, he was the first patient that Dunch ever operated on at Baylor. And he was left with chronic pain after Dunch operated on the wrong part of his back. Not good. Due to the debilitating pain, Fennel later had a second operation by Dunch to relieve it. And then he was left paralyzed from his legs down after Dunch removed a part of his femoral nerve. Fennel required months of rehabilitation to be able to walk with a cane. He was left unable to walk for more than 30 feet or stand for more than a few minutes without having to sit down again. That is so sad. And back, if you've never had back pain, it is the absolute worst you cannot do anything because your your back you have to use it to do anything and everything mm-hmm. like yeah. just sitting down to go to the bathroom or i mean putting on your Movement pants of any kind <laughs> yeah it's yeah. awful yeah and then to have chronic pain after a surgery and then think this guy can fix this mm-hmm. and then waking up unable to move your legs. I mean, uh, so Lee Passmore, a Collin County medical investigator experienced chronic pain and limited mobility after Dunch cut a ligament, which was not normally touched during that particular procedure, misplaced hardware in his spine, placed a screw, which kept the hardware in place and an incorrect location in his spine and also stripped the screws threads. So it could not be moved. Oh my gosh. Vascular surgeon, Mark Hoyle, who assisted with the operation became so disturbed by Dunch's actions that at one point he physically restrained him. Wow. And now this is only the second one. There are more. After a doctor has to physically restrain you, like, is that not enough? He pumped the brakes, I would think. This really makes you wonder what kinds of things go on. Yeah, behind behind closed doors. Absolutely. Because once you've been under, you have no, you you always have to be your your best advocate in your health. And whenever you're asleep, you cannot be your best advocate. 
No, you have to rely on the people that are attending that are there for surgeries or whatever to Mm -hmm. be that advocate for you. And And, I mean, it sounds like this guy tried, right? The vascular surgeon, but like, ugh. Yeah, bless their hearts for like really trying to, and and the reason why all of this came to fruition, we'll talk about it, is because of other colleagues of his that had to put a stop to it because you take an oath as a doctor do no harm. Right. Do no harm. Yeah. Okay. So Barry Mangaloff, the owner of a pool service company was left with bone fragments in his spinal canal after Dunch tried to pull a damaged disc out of his back with a grabbing tool. Mangaloff eventually lost most of the function on his left side and required a wheelchair. Jerry Summers, a longtime friend of Dunch's, came to Plano to have two neck vertebrae fused. During the operation, Dunch removed large amounts of muscle tissue, rendering Summers a quadriplegic. Summers later claimed that he and Dunch had used cocaine the night before his surgery. Mm. Despite passing a drug test, Dunch was asked by Baylor uh, Plano officials after Summers' operation to limit himself to minor surgeries. Summers remained a quadriplegic for the rest of his life, and he died of an infection related to complications from the botched operation in 2021. Yeah, apparently, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think the infection was actually, I believe it was COVID. I, oh, okay. And because of the infection, his immune system was low. So mm-hmm. then whenever he mm-hmm. got COVID, that finally was the nail in his coffin, which right. is awful. Yeah. And whenever I was watching the other documentary, basically one of the doctors said that he was essentially decapitated. He was cut in like his neck was cut off of his body and he flatlined several times and they brought him back. And you do this to your friend. And if you, he has to have something wrong with him because if you know that you have all plus like, I love you, but if you had three botched surgeries before me, I'd be like, mm, I think I'm just gonna, I'm good. You know, I'm yeah, gonna just and if stay I was here. Like, hey, bro, let's do cocaine right before your surgery. <laughs> Great, I got an eight ball. Let's yeah. do this. No, like hard pass. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, during his next surgery, Dunch severed a major artery in patient Kelly Martin's spine during a minor back operation. Dunch continued operating despite clear signs and the warning of a trauma surgeon colleague that Martin was losing massive amounts of blood. Martin ultimately bled to death mm-hmm. and on he a tra- minor back surgery. And most of these surgeries, even though like that sounds like a big thing to us, a vertebrae fusion to a spinal surger- surgeon, those are not complex surgeries like they're very safe it's in and out you do what you do and then you get out so the fact that they even let him do minor surgeries when he couldn't do the basics of a spinal surgeon stop it yeah like what are you doing yeah all right so after all of these botched surgeries baylor plano officials found that dunch failed to meet their standards of care duh yeah but but he resigned before he was terminated. So this is where it gets into that gray area of corporate. If Dunch, you, brother. Right. If Dunch would have been fired, then Baylor would have been required to report him to the National Practitioner Bank, 
which flags all problematic doctors. Since he resigned, they did not have to, they didn't have to report him. Yep. Didn't have to or couldn't. That I don't know the answer to. But I feel like you should have, regardless, you should have. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you would be able to do that regardless, though they would have been required. You should should have the ability option, right? This is just another one of those examples. I mean, Baylor is the college been like covering stuff up to make well same with hospitals covering whatever they can up to make sure that they look okay so if they would have put him in as a problematic doctor after he killed someone and Mm -hmm. made all these people paralyzed I don't know that doesn't look great no and we just discussed that in our Kristen Smart case like yeah like Justin that's a I hate that because like okay you hired a bad person you realize they were bad, get rid of them. Or you let a student come in. He was not a good guy. Get mm-hmm. rid of them. Don't cover up this stuff. Well, and like that makes it a thousand times worse. And especially now with how like, you know, it was a podcast. Now it's a, a show on Peacock. Now they're doing the real story. Now here we are famous and doing a podcast like Baylor Plano. Right. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> not impressed no and and they say and they've mentioned that all of these all of the surgeons that they have a surgery that they do gives them thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars right so they don't want to stop surgeons from doing surgeries because that stops their money mm-hmm. and that's all all of this is That's same with the college about it really is. And, and yeah. money is the, the root of all evil. Unfortunately, it certainly keeps the wheels moving yep. on the evil van. <laughs> yeah. I want to get so, off that van. <laughs> yeah. Right. After he quit Baylor, he moved to Dallas medical center in farmer's branch where he was given temporary privileges until hospital officials could get his records from Baylor. So, uh, no, <laughs> I feel like you got to do more than that. You don't give this guy anything. <laughs> you don't know him. Right. So red flags seemed to surface very early and nurses wondered if Dunch was under the influence while on duty. Administrators pulled his privileges after a death of a patient, Floella Brown, and the maiming of Mary Eford, not even a week after he started. Yep. Man wastes no time. Nope. And he's just leaving a blood trail all the way. Right. And guess where his papers are? A couple weeks behind him. Yep. Yep. And he knows how to play the game. And most of those people do. They know exactly what to do. If they're get, they get caught in a tizzy, how to just skirt by just right then. Well, and you know, likely he probably... I, I mean, I don't know. I don't like to play into guessing what people, well, yes, I do. I love guessing what mentally unstable people have going on in their heads, but I don't know for sure. And I'm not licensed to say, but I mean, I bet he didn't think he did anything wrong at this point. And, and that's it. He blamed on one of them. He blamed the anesthesiologist for, you know, blood loss and just everybody, a, a nurse that 
was not doing what he asked, even though the patient was bleeding out on the table. Yeah. It's always everybody else's fault. And that is right. definitely like a psychopath. You're a psychopath. Right. Like after all that. Yes, I agree. Okay. So Dunch had severed Brown's vertebral artery and packed it with too much of something to try to stop the bleeding. So she suffered a stroke. Dunch did not respond to any of the messages from the hospital a few hours then the, after the surgery. Then the next day, he postponed caring for Brown due to an elective surgery on Euford. Okay? So these were back to back. Hospital officials could not believe he was going to be doing an elective surgery and asked him several times to care for Brown or to transfer her out of his care. Dunn suggested drilling a hole in Brown's head to relieve the pressure, but was refused permission, thank God, as he was not qualified to perform brain surgery, nor did they have the proper equipment to do the operation. Brown was left in a coma for hours before Dunch finally transferred her to another doctor, and then Brown died shortly after. Um, I didn't really know that was a thing. That you could transfer patients or that you know that you real somebody sitting around in a coma for hours waiting for your doctor to get done with his elective surgery to come care for you when there are other capable doctors around yeah yeah like, because if you're under their care for that right whoever can save me save me I don't care who yeah. it is why do they have to officially transfer your care if they're like unavailable like don't just let her die well, and I believe that also happened to Jerry Summers, his friend. After the surgery, he didn't, he would not come around. And the anesthesiologist said that during, like, whenever you come out of surgery and something is wrong, you have a very limited amount of time to get them back into surgery to fix the issues before long term damage will take place. Right. So, the saddest part of all of this is if he was just a man and admitted that he made a mistake and went in there and or transferred him to somebody else so that they could fix their mistake, these people might not be paralyzed right. because there was a chance it could have been fixed. Not that it would have been, but a chance. And now there's nothing that can be done. Right. It's too late. So while operating on Euford, Dunch severed one of her nerve roots during spinal fusion surgery while operating on the wrong portion of her back. He twisted the screw into another nerve, left screw holes on the opposite side of her spine, and left surgical hardware in her soft muscle tissue so loose that it moved when it was touched. That just sounds awful. Oh, yeah. Euford was left paralyzed. She said later that when she woke from surgery, she was in excruciating pain that was 10 plus on the scale of 1 to 10. Several people in the operating room suspect that Dunch was intoxicated, saying that his pupils were dilated. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Because uh, you'd almost have to be at this point. Yeah, like, to be making those kind of, I don't know. It's awful. It all sounds like almost purposeful how mm-hmm. bad it is. Like, can you be that bad on accident? Like you mm-hmm. and I could probably do a better job at this point. Well, we'd probably get the right side. I'd tell you that. Yeah. I feel like I'd mark that pre-surgery. Yeah. You put the X on there and have right. somebody check your work. I mean, duh. Yeah. Amateur. Amateur. <laughs> Amateur hour over here. 
another thing that I just really quickly to touch back on Jerry um, Summers, whenever I said that he had essentially been decapitated, uh, one part of the documentary that I had watched, they said that they were trying to move his body. And because he was essentially decapitated, they tried to move him and his blood pressure or his heart rate dropped to 30 anytime that they would move him because the blood flow just like stopped. Yeah. So ah. like, the, and I could just picture that in my mind and it's a terrible picture having somebody laying on a bed and then going to move them and only their head would, you know, come because it's, that's all it is, is just his head. Oh, um, how terrifying. And those poor, like, you're not only putting those people at, you know, in jeopardy of losing their life or their mobility or whatever it may be, but also yeah. those nurses that have to care for them, the surgeons that try to go in afterward to try to fix your mistakes that you made. And like, I'm sure if you are, you have a botched surgery, it's so hard for you to trust anybody at that point because alert would be real. Yeah. And just like these doctors that actually are good people and want to help people and now they're tainted, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a bad thing all, all the way around. Yeah, it really is. All right. So spine surgeon, Robert Henderson, performed the salvage surgery on Euford and said that Dunch's work on her was like a child playing with tinker toys or an erector set. Henderson said that he wondered if Dunch was an imposter because there's no way a real surgeon would botch Euford so badly. He felt that anyone who knew basic human anatomy would know that he was operating on the wrong area. Henderson sent Dunch's picture to the University of Tennessee to determine whether he was actually the person that graduated from the institution and received confirmation that he had received a medical degree from the university. And how bad are you looking as a university? I mean, wow. You you bred this person. (laughs) They are here because of you. That can't be common that people are sending pictures of a person like this guy is so bad. Can you please confirm Yeah, that he came from you? Yeah. Uh, so these two surgeries at Dallas medical center also went unreported to the NPDB because at that time hospitals were not required to report doctors who only had temporary privileges. That is what a messed up system. Yeah, that's broken. This is very broken. And after leaving Dallas Medical, Dunch got a job at an outpatient clinic named Legacy Surgery Center in Frisco. So obviously this man should not be uh, touching anybody's bodies. And it's not like this happened in the, it's not like it happened in the eighties. Like this is, this is the 2000s. The internet is a thing. Do do they not have the internet there? Like, could they not verify this shit? I'm kind of surprised that none of these patients were like posting on Reddit or something like stay away from this guy. Yeah. Go after him. I don't, I don't know. It's a lot. So while he was at legacy surgery center in Frisco, he damaged patient Philip Mayfield's spinal cord while drilling, leaving him temporarily paralyzed. After doing physical therapy, Mayfield was able to walk with a cane, but continued to experience paralysis on his right side of his body and left arm. He also had shooting pain all over his body. In February 2021, he died from COVID. 
According well, maybe to that's wife, what I was thinking of. That might be. Yeah. According to his wife, he had been vulnerable to the virus due to all the underlying issues caused by the surgery. Yeah. And so that was at yeah. an outpatient clinic. Mm-hmm. So you're expected to go home. Yeah. And, and you wake up paralyzed. If I'm in an outpatient clinic for whatever, not expecting anything major to happen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess like, cause my people close to me have had major sur- surgeries. You've had major surgeries. I've had major surgeries and I've never, I get like, you know, you always get nervous and everything, sure. but, but you're expecting to wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you never, yeah. you, I've never been nervous that I'm going to die. And that is just terrible. Like it is. all, all the stuff that they didn't get to do or didn't get to say goodbye to their family. And it's, uh, it's awful, awful, awful. Well, and too, like I'm noticing there's a lot of like chronic pain that is caused from what this man has done mm-hmm. paralysis. And I mean, living with chronic pain when you didn't have chronic pain before that, and you have to deal with that for the rest of your life, because this guy's just out here not getting reported for anything. Yeah. And I'm sure that he's got all of his accolades and his 12 page resume and like, why to us normal folk, that would be good enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, why would you question it? So my question is, what do I need to know about my doctors? Like, what questions do I need to ask to make sure that they're legit? Because you, it's a roll of the dice. You can't ask your doctors either. No, I mean, because they're going to tell you. Guy and he's great. Yeah, yeah. You know what you need to do is find other patients. Mm-hmm and and see you know how successful or unsuccessful he is i mean has has he successfully operated on anybody no like like literally ever maybe his hundred that he did in school so don't you think before you have i mean i do before i go to a dentist before i go to anybody i'm on the internet finding people that have said you know this is great and i'm not above searching them on facebook and making sure they're a real person Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I mean you have to do some due diligence but yeah I mean this is crazy that somebody this bad has not been reported at all and is just out here like living his life yeah all right so while uh, operating on Jacqueline Troy Dunch cut all but one of her vocal cords and one of her arteries and poked holes in her trachea Troy was barely able to speak above a whisper She had to be sedated for two weeks and had to be fed through a feeding tube because food, whenever she was eating, was getting into her lungs. So essentially drowning. She was drowning Mm -hmm. on food. Yeah. And you can catch pneumonia from all that. And have you ever had like, you know, have you ever had a cold when you couldn't, like you lost your voice? How frustrating that is. Yeah. And that's like your whole life now. You're not able to talk. And can you imagine the pain of having your vocal cords cut? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Rough. So when Dunch applied for a job at Methodist Hospital in Dallas, WTF is this man doing? The hospital reported him to the NPDB. But even after this report, Dunch was hired by the University General Hospital in Dallas in the spring of 2013. 
what? He's the you luckiest bitch alive. Yeah, like, is there a shortage of doctors? Like, what is happening? Soon after starting there, he maimed Jeff Glidewell after mistaking part of his neck muscle for a tumor during a cervical fusion. I feel Several like those look months- different. He, yeah. I mean, I I'm not a doctor. Suspect, I would suspect. <laughs> Also, if you are a doctor, I super think you know the difference. (laughs) He severed one of his vocal cords, cut a hole in his esophagus, which sliced an artery, and left a surgical sponge in his throat. That's why they count the shit on the tables. Don't you ever, Uh, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you count it. And if it's missing, that means it's inside the body. Although, how do you leave something, uh, a sponge in someone's throat? It's not a big cavity, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't feel assume. like you would see that. I he don't also, know. He thought it was a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not a tumor. doing, brother? Yeah. <laughs> not a tumor. Vascular surgeon Randall Kirby rushed to repair the damage and described what he found after opening Glidewell as the work of a crazed maniac. He later told Glidewell that Dunch had tried to kill him. Yes. Glidewell, I mean, he did. Glidewell was left with only one vocal cord and was partially paralyzed on his left side. Kirby claimed that it looked like Dunch tried to decapitate him. As of Another 2008, one. Yeah. What is up with that? As of 2018, Glidewell was reportedly still suffering side effects from the surgery and was only able to eat small bites of food at a time. Thankfully, this was Dunch's last surgery. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, it only took 50,000 people. I know. This is a long, long line of people that were maimed by this guy. And I don't even think he had like a, like you said, like a successful one. Like it was one right after the other. Boom, boom, boom. Some even the next day. Like that is... I get that in surgery, things happen. And sometimes there are unforeseen circumstances. Maybe there is cancer in there. Maybe, you know, something doesn't go right, whatever. But every day happen. Yeah. Like even if there wasn't unforeseen circumstances and somebody made a mistake, I mean, it happens. Mm -hmm. We're all humans. Uh, That those are not mistakes. No, no. So those don't count. Nope. Okay. So. Kirby wrote a detailed complaint to the Texas Medical Board calling Dunch a psychopath who was clear and present danger to citizens in Texas. And he's 100% right. Mm -hmm. Kirby and Henderson teamed up and finally on June 26, 2013, Dunch's license was suspended by the Texas Medical Board. Board Chairman Erwin Zeltzer said that complications in neurosurgery were more common than the layman believed. And it took until June 2013 to find the pattern of patient injury required to justify suspending Dunch's license. Wow. I wish that at my job, I got that many chances because you don't No, you don't No. <laughs> and I'm not nope. making any, I'm not killing anyone. Okay. <laughs> and how complicated is it to see, like I said, mistakes happen. Oh, you screwed up one you had two bad ones yeah whatever you don't get like 10 tries in a row right what i would be fired oh yeah for sure 
way before you got this far yeah, and immediate, yeah. And immediately not later right he said that many of the board members found it hard to believe that a trained surgeon could be as incompetent as dunch appeared yes agree on purpose yeah yeah y'all let him yep <laughs> like what in the world the board called in veterans neurosurgeon martin laser to review the case am i saying that right sure sounds good lazar sounds more fancy though let's say lazar okay i'm down it actually is was very critical of dunch's work he razzed him for missing signs that martin was bleeding out saying that you can't not know that and be a neurosurgeon yes this medical board (laughs) revoked dunch's license on december 6 2013 pretty sure that you and i could tell if somebody was bleeding out i mean there's blood like a lot of it and it's coming out it's not stopping it's not stopping (laughs) (laughs) we only have a limited amount of time yeah it's not a lot to know that i know that's crazy well and i hate to keep jumping back but these things keep reminding me of things that i saw in that documentary and like i'm not done with it but the um one of the anesthesiologists that he tried to pin a death on on yeah said that um that in a typical surgery that they were doing and i'm sorry i can't remember which one which one it was because there's so freaking many um but that in a typical surgery a person would bleed like 150 cc's of blood in one of the surgeries and this guy i don't think bled out but it was getting to be like a problem they he lost two thousand cc's of blood do like full blood transfusions like multiple ones or am I mixing that up I don't she didn't say anything about that that might have been one of the same ones but the fact that he lost and she said that that was half of the blood he had in his body Mm -hmm. yeah I think so I'm sure I read where he required like multiple blood transfusions to make Mm -hmm. up for what had happened I mean that's insane yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure his license was revoked in texas he moved to denver colorado and went further downhill so um, any further able to license hop out of different states nay nay my friend you are in the state your license is revoked you are just low-key done forever right nope apparently you can just go somewhere else i feel like it should be like it's revoked on the planet earth yeah like nowhere you can't even go to a different country like you're done right and that's what it should be i would assume he would have had to get like re-licensed like a new license because i don't know anything about medical licenses but i know like my girl has her law degree and she's licensed in florida and she can't do law other places she would have to get some other license that covers more states or whatever there's a couple options but like for him i would think he would have had to get relicensed like past tests boards whatever to get relicensed but i would i would assume that i mean that would make sense law makes a little more sense to me because different states have different laws yeah but i I mean different states have different requirements for yeah their medical professions and stuff like that too i don't know hard hard saying but anyways he went further downhill he declared bankruptcy after being over a million dollars in debt. Mo money, mo problems. True that. I tell you, I bet he didn't have any trouble spending that. 
He was arrested for a DUI in Denver, taken for a psychiatric eval in Dallas during one of his visits to see his children, and was also arrested for shoplifting. Because you don't have any more money. Interesting. I wonder what he was trying to lift. Who knows? We could probably find it. We probably could. (laughs) We could. We'll update you on what we find. Let's. March 2014, three former patients of Dunch's, Mary Euford, Kenneth Fennell, and Lee Passmore, filed separate lawsuits against Baylor, saying that the hospital allowed Dunch to perform surgeries, even though he was a dangerous doctor. Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott filed a motion to intervene in the suit to defend Baylor, saying that Texas legislators um, 2003 statute says that there is a cap of 250000 malpractice cap. Mm, I don't really know. I think they it, they can only sue for up to $250,000. Yeah. Right. And, and remove the term gross ne- negligence from the definition of legal malice. The suit alleged that Baylor made an average net profit of 65000 on every spinal surgery that was performed by Dunch. Hence, like we said, foreshadowing, more money, more problems. Right? <laughs> Always. Uh, I did a quick, a quick googly while you were talking, and he was uh, shoplifting pants. Oh, yes. Can't needed them. Can't say I'm upset with that answer. I mean, <laughs> that's when you go Serious to Goodwill. Choice, sir. That's when you go to Goodwill. You would expect. (laughs) Yeah. That's ridiculous. So um, just because his license was revoked in Texas didn't mean Dunch couldn't move somewhere else, as we saw, and start practicing. Henderson and Kirby both feared that he could still get a medical license, and they urged the Dallas County District Attorney to pursue criminal charges, Mm -hmm. which would keep him from getting relicensed. It sat on a desk until 2015 when the statute of limitations were due to run out. And after interviewing dozens of Dunch's patients and their survivors, prosecutors determined that Dunch's actions were in fact criminal. Yeah. Duh. It took us this long to get here, folks. It seems like they need not even just they, but like somebody needs to be like hierarching these things that are sitting on that desk. Yep. (laughs) That was a big uh, missed opportunity there. That seems important. Well, they didn't miss it, but it was close, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a few months. Like, like too close. (laughs) Yeah. During the investigation, prosecutors obtained an email that Dunch sent in December 2011, where he said that he was ready to leave the love and kindness and goodness and patience that I mix with everything else that I am and become a cold blooded killer brother uh, you are already there yep you're <laughs> you didn't even need to state that we know yeah we know what's going on in that we head. know july 2015 a year and a half after his license was revoked dunch was arrested in dallas and charged with six felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon five counts of aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury and one count of injury to an elderly person the indictments were made four months before the statute statute of limitations were to run out. Ooh, Again, that was close. Way too close. Why way you got to do it like that? Like, no. Yeah. Like, do it right away. And what was he doing in between those years 
other than stealing pants and getting drunk. That's about it. Good. <laughs> That's about it. Doing other stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, there could have been a lot more people that. Yeah. They left died. a nice little gap there. Good thing he spiraled. <laughs> yep. Thank God for cocaine. Right. No, I'm saying. You know, so, I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the last charge was for maiming and paralyzing Euford. Prosecutors put a high priority on that charge specifically because it would provide the widest sentencing range because she was older. When Dunch failed with Dunch facing up to life in prison, if convicted because she was an elder and crime against elders is like extra bad go away for a while. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors sought a sentence long enough to make sure that Dunch could never practice medicine again. Because hopefully he'll die in prison or he'll get something where he shakes and can't. Hands broke. Yeah. Doesn't have steady hands for a scalpel. Yeah. ADA Michelle Sugar argued that Dunch should have known he was likely to hurt others unless he changed his approach and to learn from his past mistakes. But since he didn't, the maiming of Euford was intentional. Prosecutors also pointed the, the finger at Dunch's employers for not reporting him. They argued that Dunch was motivated to continue operating because of his financial problems and that Dunch believed a surgeon's high salary would solve his problems. Not true. Well, nope. We know that now. He just doubled his debt and <laughs> more, than, more than doubled it, right? No, you're right. Doubled. I know. Also, also not good at math. <laughs> not quite as bad as one Miss Allison, but. Witness after witness was called to the stand to prove that Dunch's actions were actually intentional. According to his lawyers, he had not realized how bad of a surgeon he'd been until he heard the prosecution list out all of his mistakes. So he must have just drank those away immediately after. Like, I did what now? <laughs> He's a pro, you know, um, of forgetting shit. And that's about it because, wow. Dunch's no. <laughs> defense blamed their client's actions on poor training and lack of oversight by the hospitals, which is the last option that they really had at that point. Instead of blaming yeah. him, let's blame everybody else like he did all the time. Yeah, like he was already doing. But they're not wrong. They're not wrong. I mean, there was definitely oversight by the hospitals and bro only did a hundred surgeries instead of a thousand before he got let loose. So yeah. Yep. Sugar argued that the 2011 email that was sent after several of his surgeries went wrong meant that Dunch's actions were intentional. After 13 days of trial, the jury deliberated for four hours and convicted him for maiming Euford. On February 20th, 2017, he was sentenced to life in prison. Question. Mm. Did we say who he sent that email to? It was to his nurse practitioner. No, we didn't. But he sent it to his nurse practitioner um, who they were also having an affair with each other. Oh. So, yeah, he basically the pooch on that yeah literally good so i'm assuming she gave that email up so thank goodness for that because i i mean i was gonna say did he send that to like his mom and they found it in his emails later or like what no yeah she brought it to their attention and 
but, and also, cause we didn't really touch on this and that's my bad, but he was having, so he was with Wendy who he has two sons with. Then whenever he started his own practice, he hired this nurse practitioner and I am terrible. I, I can't remember her name. Um, but he told her that she, because she was pregnant at the time that she started. Okay. Yeah. He told, he told the nurse practitioner that that was just a temp. And she, he, she was just running the office for now until she had a baby yeah. and then started having an affair unbeknownst to the nurse practitioner that that was really his girlfriend with his child, his baby. So he is a pathological liar through and through in his personal life and in his work life, obviously. Right. All areas. 100% piece of shit. Yeah. Mm, Not good. All right. December 11th, 2018, the Texas Court of Appeals affirmed Dunch's conviction by a 2-1 split decision. On May 8th, 2019, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals refused Dunch's petition for discretionary review. Yeah, good for you. All of the four hospitals that employed Dunch had civil cases against him. Good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to find Dunch, he is rotting away in his cell, number 02139003, and is housed at the OB Ellis unit outside of Huntsville. He will not be eligible for parole until 2045 when he is 73 years old. He is, of course, appealing his sentence. Between 2011 and 2013, Dunch operated on 37 patients. He killed two of them and he harmed 31. Dunch's conviction is one of the first instances of a doctor being imprisoned for malpractice. This is super important because I'm sure that as a doctor, you can hide behind the big, you know, corporations and hospitals and they'll protect you. But this was intense. He went to kill and harm and maim these people. And he is right where he belongs. Absolutely. Four out of 37 patients came out of his office safely. Can you imagine if you were one of the four? Like, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like how lucky would you feel? Mm -hmm. And I mean, probably guilt. Survivor's guilt Mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'll tell you what. He did not age well, folks. No. no he, he did not. He's not good. The cocaine there. and the, the drinking. And it looks like he got punched in the eye yeah. in his mugshot. <laughs> Probably a gambling debt or something or trying to steal someone's pants. Something. <laughs> oh, the good old steal the pants trick. <laughs> Didn't work for him. Sure to get you a punch in the face. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He mean, I mean, he looks rough and deservedly. So I hope he can't sleep at night. No, I hope that he rots quite literally in his jail and, yeah. and somebody needs to break his hands. Cause I mean, <laughs> if he's going to be making appeals, if he's got good behavior and stuff, he could get out when he's, you know, younger than 73 and you can be a doctor until you're very old. I mean, look at the confidence level of this dude. At 73, he's probably an A-plus surgeon. Yeah. He will get those hands. Get yeah. Yeah. Get the hands. Chop them off. 
to cite our sources, we use time.com, all that's interesting.com, propublica.org, wikipedia.com, and popsugar.com. We also, um, I also watched some of the documentary on Peacock. I highly recommend the show with Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson, what's up? I love you still. Forever. <laughs> now we got to go watch the skulls. We do. We do. And Urban Legends. Girls Night. Another urban Legend. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything after anything else to say about Dr. Christopher Dunch? So. I don't think so. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode 67 dr death and be sure to check those out let us know what you think what are your thoughts on this you think he's a dr douche like we do mm-hmm. that's what we should have did th- this episode oh, yeah missed opportunities over here dang it maybe there's still time all right well we hope you all have <laughs> no <laughs> we hope that you all have a fantastic week and we will see you next time Next time. Bye. Bye.